Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. in a church uh, where just before the pastor was going to baptize someone, he would spend five or ten minutes um, trying to convince everyone that was there that what was about to take place actually didn't really do anything for the person. (laughs) The irony of this is that the denomination was named for baptism. And... uh, Every church I ever attended, and I assume just about every church in that denomination, no matter how poor or how small, had a full-size baptistry front and center. (laughs) It'd be kind of like me trying to convince you that St. Patrick doesn't really exist, Uh, nor is he in heaven, nor is he interceding for us. He's just a fictional character that we invented to be a good example of evangelism, and so we decided to name our church after him. Well, fictional baptism isn't any more effectual than the fictional prayers of a St. Patrick. And yet, ironically, this is exactly how the church, which is named for baptism, feels about baptism. It affects no real meaningful change in the person. I always thought it was a little bit odd to be named for something you don't believe in. This doesn't jive too well with what St. Peter writes in his first epistle when he is speaking about the eight souls who are being saved through the floodwaters, he says that that event correlates, or it's a type, and it points to Christian baptism, which he says, quote, saves you. Or we remember his great sermon on that day of Pentecost, and the crowds being cut to the quick when they heard His sermon and cried out, what must we do to be saved? He responded, every one of you, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and your children. Or St. Paul, who writes in our epistle lesson today, do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so too we might live a new life. Baptism is nothing other than actually a sharing in the cross of Christ. It is the death of the old man. We know that our old man was crucified with him, he goes on, so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us, So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. All of this looking forward to the resurrection. He says now if we died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that since Christ has been raised from the dead he is never going to die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. In the great sacrament of baptism the old 
man of sin and death dies. And we are born again, born from above, born unto righteousness. St. Paul finishes, for the death he died, he died unto sin once, but the life he lives, he lives unto God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why so difficult? Why so difficult to believe that there is a real and actual change in our very being when we are baptized? Just a few short years ago, you didn't even exist. <laughs> I mean, we feel so important. And we are. We feel important because we are. In the eyes of God, who's given us life and existence, we feel that importance. But only because of him. We feel so important, and just a few moments ago, in the scope of things, you didn't even exist. No existence, no immortal soul, no body, no hopes or dreams, no eternity for you. You don't even exist. And yet here you are. Why so difficult for us to believe that we could be born again, born anew, with a new nature, a new man, in the sacred waters of baptism? I mean, just a few moments ago, you came into being through water. You were birthed through water. Why can't you be reborn through water? Was that first birth through the water in your mother's womb? Was that just symbolic? What if somebody took away your symbolic food for a couple of months? Would your symbolic soul leave your symbolic body and go into the symbolic ground? Are the sacred waters of baptism and the very body and blood of Christ that we are about to receive in the Holy Eucharist just mere symbols with no real power to communicate the very divine, eternal life of God? Are they less real? than the embryonic fluids of your mother's womb or of the tamales we're about to have in coffee hour? I mean, are the tamales more life-sustaining, really, than the body and blood of Christ? All right. So, Father, you're preaching to the choir. Yes, I know, we believe these things. We believe them. But how do they really affect how we live. And that's what Paul is saying here to the Romans. If your baptism is truly miraculous, truly the power of God in your person to create you anew, something wrought by the Holy Spirit that has changed you indelibly. The old sinful man has died. You've been freed from the power of death and sin. It is completely and utterly unnatural for you to continue to behave in the old way, according to the old man. It is possible, as we all can attest, but it is unnatural. Now, what happens to us in baptism when we are born again, it doesn't work like gravity does in this world. It doesn't override your will and cooperation. What has happened to you must be embraced daily. St. Paul goes on to say, quote, The old man is crucified with him that 
the body of sin might be destroyed. That the body of sin might be destroyed. So is your body of sin destroyed? Was it destroyed in your baptism? He says that it might be destroyed. I think we can all attest that we still live in this body of sin. I know I can. I'm getting creaky. I know Deacon Doug can. He's even creakier than I am. Phyllis, on the other hand, is the picture of immortality. Um, but most of us are well attuned to the fact that we're still in this body of sin. The point is that the old man is crucified so that we can live this life embracing that crucifixion, that cross, and with God's help, seeing the power of sin destroyed. And that's what this life is all about destroying the body of sin so that we might enjoy the fruits of the resurrection as St. Peter says in another place we suffer with him that we might live with him we embrace his death that we might one day enjoy the power of the resurrection and we do this not through moralism not through just you know assent to a set of propositions this involves our active faithful 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 cooperation with the real powerful workings of the Spirit. Truly, St. Paul says, we have no excuse. The reality for us is that we have been released from our slavery. We have been set free from the power of sin and we've been given everything we need to live to be who we are in Christ Jesus. We have the power of love has been implanted in our new selves. And the power of love is the power of the cross. And when we embrace that cross in our lives, then we can be assured that we will also know the joy of the resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.